0: Here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you for listening today to this
1: episode of Hope Along the Journey. Hi, I'm Mark Cravens. I'm the podcast host. And it's a joy to have you with us as we share today a message of hope and encouragement found in God's Word. Before I begin talking today on the subject of storms and the storms of life, I just want to encourage you to just take a few moments to do a couple of things, if you would. First of all, we'd love to hear from you, so shoot us an email at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Again, that's hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. We'd love to hear something from you, so shoot us an email. Also, we'd like for you to subscribe to our newsletter, the newsletter for Hope Along the Journey. All you have to do is go to the website at www. HopeAlongTheJourney.org. Again, that's www.hopealongthejourney.org. And when the screen prompt comes up that says stay in touch, then if you would just put your email address in there, and we'll get you on our newsletter. Our newsletter goes out monthly or bi-monthly, and you will be able to stay in touch with some of the activities and things that have been going on through Hope Along the Journey and its ministry. I also would like for you, if you would, to uh, just give us a good rating for those of you that listen by way of podcast. If you're on Apple or some other venue of podcasting that allows you to give us a good rating, we'd love to get a five-star rating and a couple of nice remarks from you. I would really, really love for you to do that. That would be so helpful. For those of you are listening to the weekly Sunday broadcasts, um, if you would, share it with a friend. Why don't you call somebody up and say, Hey, you need to listen to this. Hope along the journey. It's a, There's a lot of great encouragement there. And so if you would share this with others, we would deeply, deeply appreciate it. On a personal note, I want to thank all of you who have been praying for my mother as some numbers of you responded to my posting on Facebook. My mother was in the hospital off and on for a couple of weeks and now is finally in rehab and is doing much better. And I, and I want to thank all of you for your prayers for my mom. That means so much to me that many of you took the time to shoot me a little note on Facebook or through another venue to just let me know you were praying for her. And so she's doing better, keep praying for her, and hopefully she's going to make a, a full recovery soon. Uh, as you're listening to this, uh, episode of Hope Along the Journey. This is the week of my birthday. I can't believe I'll be 59 years old this week. That's hard to believe. But uh, as I'm recording this, I'm actually down in the Smoky Mountains, sitting in a motel room in Creekstone Inn, looking out at the beautiful window, and the ducks and the geese are on the creek just right below the balcony here. And so I'm celebrating my 59th birthday. So, uh, wow, time flies, doesn't it? But Thank you, all of you, for your support of this ministry. Thank you for all of you who gave during the fall fundraising drive. Uh, Just to let you know, uh, as I mentioned, that we give 20% of everything that comes in to missions. And we are right now in the process of releasing $800 in funds to go to India to buy blankets for homeless people in uh, in in some of the most rundown, worst circumstances in various cities, especially among the the very poverty stricken and among those that are, are suffering with disease. It's just it's it's a very sad situation. But uh, the ministry that we're sending the money to is going to be buying blankets for beggars. That's what they're calling it. And they are buying, with the, with this $800, they should be able to buy 400 blankets to give out and to distribute to homeless beggars on the streets. And so thank you for your giving. May God bless you richly. I want to take a moment and kind of set up what I want to talk to you about today. Maybe it's because of what I've recently went through with my own mom in the last two to three weeks and the storm that came into her life that resulted in a storm that came into all of our lives. Or, or maybe it's just the fact that as a pastor, I I hear a lot of people and have the the honor of getting to share in a lot of people's lives and hear their stories. And it seems like a lot of my friends, a lot of people I'm pastoring are going through some difficult times. And so maybe that's what's prompting me to, to share with you what I want to share today. But one of my favorite stories is found in the Gospel of Matthew. And Jesus has fed the multitudes, a remarkable story. Uh, it, this is on the heels of the death of John the Baptist. and Jesus' disciples wanted to go out into a solitary place just to be alone, just to rest. But instead, here came the multitudes. Here came people with all of their needs and all their problems. And then, of course, the incredible miracle where the loaves and the fishes were multitude, and when it, I mean were multiplied and fed the multitude. And when it was all over, you know, there were like twelve baskets full that were left. But then, now comes this remarkable scene that Jesus is sent the multitudes away, and, and then it says in Matthew chapter fourteen. In verse 22, we read that immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain by himself to pray. And when the evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was now in the midst of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. It was against them. And now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, then command me to walk with you on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, "O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got in the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. What a remarkable night. What an unforgettable night in the life of these disciples. Jesus is sending the multitudes away, and he's going to go up into the mountain to be alone to pray. If you follow the life of Jesus, this was very customary that after having expended himself and given himself emotionally and physically for the people, he would then withdraw and find time to just be alone in communion with his heavenly Father. But what is really strange about the story is that Jesus is sending the disciples away. He he constrains them, he forces them to get into a ship and tells them to go to the other side. I have often wondered why Jesus had to constrain them to get into the ship. It seems as if they were reluctant. And so Jesus commands them. He makes them take this voyage. It could have been they were just tired and weary. It might have been that some of these men, having spent a good many years of their life on the Sea of Galilee, kind of had the perception that this was not a good idea based on the elements that were working that evening with the wind and all of that. It may have been the fact that They didn't understand why he was sending them away or how he was ever going to get across the sea to them later on the next day. I I don't know. But nonetheless, obedient to their Lord, doing what he asked them to do, they got into this ship and began the voyage that they never made until the storm came. And then the next thing you know, they're bailing and they're rowing and they're tossed and they're caught in the grip of this angry storm. The reality is these are not the first disciples who found themselves suddenly caught in the grip of a storm. Now, our storm may not be physical, but our storm is just as real, just as threatening, just as boisterous, just as overwhelming as this was for the disciples. Storms come to all of us. They come to all ages. Young people go through storms Having worked in ministry and taught on college campuses with young people, having been a youth camp president many years ago, it's very apparent that a lot of young people go through a lot of very troubling and stormy times in their lives. And And while sometimes we as adults look back, look upon them and think that their storms are very minimal, yet to them, where they are in life, they are really, Tremendous storms. And even some of them have got even some real amazing and incredible things that are happening in their life that seem so overwhelming and impossible to them. Young adults and young married couples, single adults, go through storms in their lives. And then midlife. Man, midlife has its own crazy set of storms, doesn't it, that we all go through. And I used to poo-poo midlife and say, oh, that's just a bunch of fooey," but Man, midlife has its own storms and trials and tests and problems that you go through. And, and then as you move on and as you start getting older and then into the senior years and old age, and it, it's just the reality that storms will come to all of us at all ages of life. I, I'm just convinced as I'm recording this episode of Hope Along the Journey that there are people out there listening right now, who if you would just take a moment, you could send me a note and say, pray for me, I'm going through a storm. And if you would like to do that, I would love for you to do that. I, I would pray for you. If you just shoot me an email or a text or connect with me through Instagram or Facebook, I would stop and pray for you because I know that the storms of life hit all of us, and they're very real, and they're very personal, and they're very threatening, and can be overwhelming to us. As I look at this story, there are about four things that I want you to just think about throughout the day as you think about the storms that you're in. Number one, I remember as I look at this story that Jesus understands the struggle of our storm. He really understands the struggle of our storm. If you were to go to Mark's Gospel and read this account in Mark's Gospel, it's it's fascinating But it says that while Jesus was up in the mountain, that Jesus looked on, and it says, and he saw their toil in rowing. He saw their toil in rowing. He didn't just see them rowing. He saw their toil, their struggle with rowing. Jesus, from the mountain, was able to see the toil, the struggle the amount of energy that they were putting in, he he saw the struggle of their storm. And he understood what they were going through. He understood that, that they were frightened. He understood that they were vulnerable. He understood that they were no match for the storm. He understood that even their combined energies were not going to be able to overcome the energy of the storm that was threatening them. He saw their struggle in the storm. Wherever you are at right this moment, Jesus sees you. And he knows what you're going through. But he also knows the struggle of what you're going through. He knows about the sleepless nights. He knows about the tears that fall down your face. He knows about the loneliness that has its icy grip at times around your heart. He knows how the enemy has tried again and again to bring so many doubts into your mind that God is not good, that God does not care, that life is out of control, and that you may never be happy again. All of those things that come into our life through various circumstances and storms, whether they be physical storms or emotional storms or financial storms or marital storms or whatever storms we're going through, I want you to just remember right now, this moment as you're listening Jesus understands he really does he understands the struggle of your storm I, I also every time I look at this story remember something else is vitally important and that was that Jesus came to rescue them in the storm for we read where it says there in the in the wee hours of the morning, Jesus came to them walking on the water. There came a time, there came a moment when Jesus said, I must step in now and do something to show them that I am greater than the storm that they're in. And so what does he do? Uh, He could have jumped in a boat and rowed out to where they were. He could have miraculously swam out to where they were. But that's not what Jesus did to show them his superiority over the storm. This is what he said. This is what happened. He came to them walking on the water. Now, why walking on the water? Well, it shows that he is Lord and he's master of the universe. It shows that he is the creator of all things. It shows that he has superiority and power above all that might threaten our lives. There is no storm so great, there is no night so dark, there is no wind so powerful, there is no threat so daunting, there is no fear so great, but while Jesus Christ is master and greater than all of that, he came to them walking on the water. They could not get to where he was, or they would have been there. I mean, let's face it, if they could have got back to the shore and got to where Jesus was, you can just count on it. Those guys would have ran to Jesus, but they couldn't. This was greater than their ability to overcome on their own. Have you come to realize that in your life? Have you? Honestly, you know, we, we, we like to pride ourselves in thinking that somehow we can do this. We can overcome this. We can accomplish this. We can fill in the blank. But honestly, storms of life come that remind us that we can't do life on our own. In fact, we were never intended to do life on our own. We were intended to do life in Jesus Christ and in Christ alone and in his strength and in his power and in his wisdom and in his love that's how we're to do life and so knowing their need of him was so great he came to them walking upon the waters there's something else that happened in this story that really does fascinate me and that's this that, that they think it's a ghost and they and they're fearful and i mean they're really they're really scared out of their eebie-jeebies, as we used to say where i come from And Jesus says to them, now notice this, the storm has not ceased, the wind is still howling, it's all still going on, and Jesus says to them, do not be afraid, it is I. Be of good cheer, don't be afraid, it's me. And it's like, wait a minute, everything is still going on. The storm is still in its full strength. And yet in the midst of this storm going on, Jesus says to them, Be of good cheer. It's me. It is I. Do not be afraid. Now what's fascinating to me is this it is I is an I am statement, which finds its origin all the way back into the days of Moses when Moses was called to deliver the children of Israel. And he God appears to him on the mountain. If you go back and read that in Exodus chapter 3 sometime, and Moses is filled with his own inadequacies and doubts and misgivings i mean he's 80 years old He spent the last 40 years licking his wounds um in the wilderness thinking this was going to be the end of his story and god is now getting ready to do a new thing in his life and the life of the nation and he says now when i go to when i go down there and and i tell the people what you've said to me who am i to tell them has sent me and and you remember that incredible statement jesus The Lord said, he said, you tell them, it is I. I am that I am has sent you. The eternal, the all-sufficient, self-sufficient God, the one who's able to deliver and do the impossible, the self-sufficient one who is more than enough has sent you. And Jesus here is saying, it is I, I am. I'm here. The great I am is here with you. You, you see, that this, this is a statement that reveals the divinity of Jesus and the fact that he is truly God. But on a very personal level, it also tells us that this same God is with us in the storm. And so we can be of good cheer and we can hold on even while the storm is still raging. Why? Because just knowing that the all-sufficient, totally, totally adequate, superior to all of the elements that are raging against us, God, this God is with us. He's with you right now in the storm. Whether you can feel him or not, friend, he's with you. Whether your emotions and mental state are, are allowing you to be able to sense his presence or not, rest assured, He is with you. His promise is true. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He's with you right now in this storm. He says, trust me. Trust me. Can you trust him today? Can you put your trust in him? He is the one who says, trust me in the storm. He's one who walks with us in the storm. I love, I love the story of Simon Peter, don't you? Simon Peter's just like... I mean, he's one of my all-time favorite biblical characters. He's so impetuous. One moment, you know, he gets a five-star rating. The next moment, you're just like, Simon Peter, why did you have to open your mouth and say anything? I mean, he's just, he's just like so many of us, is he not? Simon Peter calls out and says, Lord, if it's you, if it's really you, then would you bid me walk with you in the storm? I mean... Have me come and walk with you. And Jesus says, come on, you can, you can walk with me. What a credible request. And again, the storm's still raging. <laughs> the lightning's still flashing. The wind is still uh, railing against them. and, and their boat. And he says, come on, you can walk with me in this storm. And Peter steps out of the boat onto the water and starts walking to Jesus. And everything is going incredibly well, miraculously well. And then he gets his eyes on the wind and the waves. He begins to focus on the storm, and he's not focusing on Jesus any longer, but on the storm and on the strength of the storm and on the strength of his Savior. And as he begins to focus on the storm, guess what happens? The same thing that happens to you and to me. He begins to doubt he, doubts begin to flood his mind and his heart, and as doubts arise, he begins to sink. And as he goes down into the water, he, he prays one of those what I call wonderful flare prayers, you know, if you've ever shot a flare off. It's just a flare prayer. Lord, save me, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just like... But you know what? It's amazing to me how in the Word of God, sometimes the briefest of prayers have had some of the most incredible answers and in that moment, as he prayed that simple but needful prayer, Lord, save me, a hand stretched out immediately and got a hold of him and lifted him up from the waters. And Jesus looked at him and said, Why did you doubt me? Oh, you have little faith, why did you doubt me? Why didn't you keep your trust in me? And it's, But it's so easy, is it not, for all of us to, to begin to doubt when the storms and the winds begin to howl around us. You know what, every time I read this and it says, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, it just reminds me that we do not serve one who is reluctant to respond to us. But we really serve one who is always ready to respond to us. Isn't that beautiful? He's ready to respond. Immediately he stretched out his hand, caught him and lifted him up out of the waters. Where are you today? Are you drowning? I mean, come on, let's be serious. Let's have a reality check here. Do you feel like you're going under? You feel like that you've got your eyes on so much of what's happening around you that you've totally lost your focus? Can I tell you, pray this prayer and cry it from the depths of your heart. Lord, save me. Lord, help me. Lord, please reach down and get a hold of my hand. I, I want to tell you, the same one who got a hold of a doubting disciple named Simon Peter and lift him above the waters wants to grab a hold of your hand today. And he wants to lift you above the waters. And when they got into the ship, the wind ceased. And they said, truly this is the Son of God. You know, one of the things that, that the storms that I've gone through have taught me, one of the things is this, that He is really who He has promised to be. He is truly the Son of God. You see, if you never go through a difficulty or a challenge or a storm like this in your life, you never know that He's enough until He's all you have. But when you go through something in life to where all earthly powers and all earthly help and even earthly friends cannot get you through it, when he takes you through that storm, then you step back and you say, you know what, really, he truly is the son of God. He really is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He really is the one whom we can do all things when he strengthens us. What are you going through today? What are you facing? What's your storm? What's your difficulty? Do you need his help today? Then why don't you just bow your head wherever you are, call on him, ask him to help you. If you would like, again, for me to pray for you, reach out to me, send me an email, send me a message through Facebook or Instagram, and let me know, Mark, would you pray for me? And I will certainly take time to pray for you. Storms of life are real, aren't they? Yeah, they, do, they are. They come to every, every one of us. They come to us. And you may be in that storm today, but you're not alone. You're not alone. He understands the struggle of your storm. He will come to your rescue. He's asking you to trust him and rely on him. And he will walk with you through the storms. Again, I just want to thank you for being part of the Hope Along the Journey ministry. I want to take time again as I celebrate my 59th birthday this week to just thank all of you for your prayers, your support. I, I It's hard for me to even put into words how much I appreciate all of you and all that you do the, for this ministry. I appreciate those of you that when I meet you, you come up to me and say, Hey, Mark, I listen to the, the podcast or I listen to the broadcast on the radio. Thank you so much for that. And I, want to, and I want you to know that you're a blessing to me and to this ministry. Stay encouraged. Keep trusting in God, believing in Him. And as I've always said and want to say again from the depths of my heart, look to Jesus, for He is truly the
0: hope of the world, and He will give you hope along the journey. God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about Hope Along the Journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more Hope Along the Journey.